0: Welcome to Running Down Corridors. I'm Martin, and this week I'm joined by Chris. Hello there. Chris, it's a new podcast. It's a new year. It is indeed. How was your Christmas? Yeah, it was all right. What about yours? Very quiet. I didn't have the kids. My daughter didn't break up till the 22nd. Right, okay. They came around the 22nd till Christmas Eve. They went home Christmas Eve kind of night. So we let them do their presents on the 22nd. Then they went back to their mum's. And they normally come back around New Year's, but they haven't come back. And I was working that week between Christmas and New Year's. I was working oh, from home. all um, right. Because I started on the 4th of December, it would have really screwed up payroll because they were paying us early if I'd taken time off.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so they
0: just said, well, you can work from home. So those three days between Christmas and New Year, I, I had to work. And Penny was working anyway. So I was basically by myself on Boxing Day. Oh it was nice mate it's the happiest i've ever been i
1: think (laughs) (laughs) i think that's the dream of all boxing days that finally
0: i could be on my own for a bit oh it's the dream of all blokes yeah (laughs) (laughs) how are you mate you got young kids did they enjoy it They did well
1: uh william who's three Uh, he's only just turned three this sunday just gone the seventh but yeah so he was um Much more aware of what Christmas was. He was very excited, went to bed excited, put out, you know, the milk and cookies and stuff, and uh, which Santa liked because he didn't leave much left. And Owen, who's only, well, he's not even five months old yet, he he had no idea, but no, it was quite nice. It was, it was uh, actually quite, quite a good Christmas. Uh, Last year, the year before, rather, was very, um, it's kind of stressful because he was in the, he was turning two and he was just a, Bit of a pain. <laughs> Didn't understand Christmas, and it was a lot of hard work.
0: But this year I
1: actually went through quite sw- uh, swimmingly. So yeah, we had a nice one.
0: Oh, that's nice. That's good to hear. It's mm. good to hear. So sadly, Chris, we've lost some people in the Doctor Who universe.
1: Yes, yes, that was so, sad news, wasn't it? Um, yeah,
0: we've uh, lost Georgina Hale, who was Daisy Kay from the Happiness Patrol.
1: Oh yes, that was that's recently, very that's recent, day, isn't it? Day day. we
0: yeah, and I think it was last week we lost Richard Franklin.
1: That was at Christmas. Rest in peace, Richard.
0: Yeah, he'd not been well for some time though. No, the only way we all knew this was from Katie
1: Manning's post. She was uh, she often went to visit him, and yeah. no, it was quite yeah, it's, uh, sad to hear he's gone. But I reckon there's a a great unit <laughs> captain's table awaited <laughs> up there for the moment for, for everyone. Helmed, of course, by the Brigadier. This is in a fictional sense, of course. I don't know if Nick
0: Courtney was that uh, inclined to care. (laughs) Oh, that religious, maybe. Yeah. (laughs) Well, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, rest in peace, both of them. Unless some stuff comes out about them in a few months and then we'll claim we'd never heard of them.
1: Yeah. 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 That's the way, isn't it?
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then we'll claim the show was better off when they're gone.
1: Brilliant. Absolutely wonderful. I can't wait. (laughs) <laughs> that's the wonderful thing about bitchery is you're just waiting for someone to go and say nonce aren't you <laughs> it, it, just, it just seems to be the way it's going to be you're
0: like I, I don't trust anything anymore uh, uh, whenever I see a celebrity trending I always think dead or pervert <laughs> yeah, that's the only way and then they scare you with a
1: few things like they'll sh- they'll sh- they'll, sh- they'll show Tom Baker and it was just his birthday which is coming up it's on the 20th of January I only, only know that because it's the day after mine no one gives a
0: toss about me after that, after my day ends <laughs> well my birthday is the same day as the queen's which one the 21st of april ah. queen elizabeth the second is that the is that her actual birthday or the that's her actual birthday yeah ah cool and nobody gave a fuck about my
1: imagine imagine you expect like the party bunting and you just got union jacks everywhere
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're like oh not again All right, so shall we get into what we're here to talk about? Remind me what we're here to talk about. The church on Ruby Road. Oh, that! that. (laughs) I think it's the first time since 2018 we've had a Christmas special.
1: Yeah, it was perfect viewing that you could fall asleep to. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) No, perfect for the afternoon nappers on Christmas Day. Now, I... Do you know, I don't know what I think of it. I, I think it could have been so much better. I don't think it was a great Christmas special, but I love the performances in it. I think that's the only saving grace for it, was Shooty Gatwa and Millie Gibson. They yeah, they were sold to me in that episode, no doubt.
0: Everyone I've seen who's really slugged it off has been really positive about Shootie Gatwa. I
1: think, I think the consensus is that it was the performances that outshone it. I, I don't think it was a very good script in any way. Essentially, it builds up quite nicely. You know, it starts off pretty nicely introducing Lily Gibson, the accidents, and in inverted commas, leading to, you know, goblins for some reason just causing accidents as if they're trying to kill her, but they're <laughs> not. But they're foiled at every, tu- every turn. And it's very... You know, just trying to bring misfortune upon this one person. And you know, why why are they doing this? And a snowman head falls and nearly crushes the doctor, you know, and stuff like that. And it was really, really interesting. And then it ends up going to the goblins, of course. And then then you just have a sing-song. They go back down to the flat, and the flat scenes drag on so long, repeating the same thing that, spoiler alert, they go back in time and uh, have taken Ruby as a baby and it takes so long to of repeating that fact he asks everyone in there i expected he would have done door to door you know uh, he goes but your daughter your <laughs> your <laughs> your neighbor <laughs> this person this blonde person who's been here and it was just going from everyone to everyone and just really dragging it on like i think the audience the audience knew instantly what was going on it just felt like that, that, that took so long and then suddenly we're back and then goblins get hot fuzzed. And that's it. That's the end of the story. And I just, and I was like, this could have been so much more. I just feel like the pacing
0: was really, really off. Just wait point. until the target novelization where he's like, you know her. You're her postman.
1: <laughs> you're a you're a mobile phone provider. You you send bills every month. <laughs> yeah, just I don't know. It it it, it felt I. I've rewatched it a couple of times since because uh, my son William loves it and he's asked for it a few times. I don't think he cares much for the Goblin songs, I'll be honest, uh, which just proved my point that uh, Russell's a better script writer than he is a lyricist, although this isn't one of his best writing as a scriptwriter.
0: Well, I think people have been a bit harsh on the lyrics. What we have to remember is the Doctor and Ruby are making those up on the spot. That bit was fine. Yeah. I actually thought that bit was better, far better than the song they put out.
1: <laughs> and, and they kept advertising it uh, with these video, with the video and stuff. No disrespect to the to the uh, singer who got harassed by a prick online for thinking she was in the top forty. Oh, Benji, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the moment I say prick, I assume they knew who I was talking about. No offence to her, of course. I think it's a very proud achievement, and yes, she has a good good set of lungs on her and can sing very well. But the song's shit. <laughs> and uh, but the one, the doctor starts. You're like, oh god, here we go. What are we gonna do here? And then once he really got into the, it started belting out those that lyrics and reaching those notes. I was like, bloody hell! Now that is impressive, actually. And that that to me just
0: erased the cringiness of it. But yeah, I liked that we saw him work the language out, mm, mm. the language of the ropes. It's kind of reminded me of in Wild Blue Yonder where the doctor's figuring out the countdown. Yeah and yeah. we can see that he's working it out it reminded me of that now i didn't like this episode but i love shooting Gatwa. i love millie gibson yeah i even like ruby's family they're great oh yeah uh the grandmother crapped me up just wanting a cup of tea yep yeah uh, yeah i think they're all great but i think this is one of the weakest episodes russell t davis has ever written
1: oh definitely i don't i it, even if if it was an introduction, like first episode of a season, I still think it would have been a bit of a poor opener, but I may have yeah. forgiven it a bit more. I think it's because there it was a huge hype for Christmas Day view. In fact, I think this is actually uh, the one thing that stuck out for me with these four episodes, including like the 60th specials and the Christmas special, is that none of them have felt particularly special. Mm. That's the... Issues like they do uh, with me is that they don't feel like they really they could have been a weekly you know a weekly thing on a Saturday. Regardless, it didn't need to be. You know, it wasn't shouldn't have been hyped as this is the 60th anniversary. Happy 60 years, Doctor, Who. and Merry Christmas, everyone. Let's have a jolly good Christmas when we'll have a sing song with goblins. And it then the story plays out, and you're like, where where were the goblins? <laughs> what was their intention? That so sorry they they eat a different baby because of a coincidence. Then why were they? I don't understand. It, 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 there's a lot of areas I, I don't I don't fully understand exactly where it was going, but I just felt like it was quite a quite a boring story. That's not to say though that I'm being negative towards uh Shute Gatwa or the or the series coming up, because I think that would probably be excellent. But I just oh, think he's got it. He, yeah. he he's one oh, he, hundred. He had it in the first ten minutes of his appearance in the giggle. But him on his own was even better, and he was—it was just absolutely fantastic. Spellbound, you, you know, you, I could uh, every—he just stole every scene he was in, and rightly so. And but yeah, this episode was pretty pretty weak. It's not one of the best. In, I uh, do
0: wonder if Russell T. Davis has fallen into the trap of say the TV movie, and with the TV movie, what we had is British people writing what they thought American TV was. And I guess for a lesser extent it happened with Tortured Miracle Day as well. And I wonder if Russell T. Davis isn't writing an episode of Doctor Who that's gonna play on Disney Plus. He's writing Doctor Who that he thinks should be on Disney Plus.
1: What boring. (laughs) (laughs) I know he might have what do you think? He might have been watching Mandalorian and stuff or You're watching Boba Fett and uh Ahsoka and things and Obi-Wan and just thought, Do you know what? It's too exciting, Doctor Who, to be on Disney Plus. We have to dull it down a bit.
0: We have to dull it down. We have to make it more fantasy. Where do you <coughs> start more fantasy, Chris? Um,
1: I don't really mind. To be honest, a lot of the stuff that happens in Doctor Who is pretty fantastical.
0: Mm, uh, I don't like it. If I see something and there's a voiceover, like this starts with a voiceover. I always think, oh, you couldn't think of a way to narratively tell us this.
1: Oh, that's hands down true, yeah. So,
0: yeah. I whenever I watch something like, we've got to take this ring to this place, we've got to take this box to this mountain, I'm like, oh, fuck, here we go again.
1: You must have been doing that quite a bit through Lord of the Rings.
0: <laughs> Fell asleep during the first one, walked out the second one, I haven't seen the third.
1: Touche. That's a that's a conversation for another time. Because uh, <laughs> I actually really like them, uh, but I did feel exactly the same way during the first one, when the first time I watched it as a kid. But yeah, anyway, yeah. I don't I don't know. It's just uh, just I felt like the problem is I find with Christmas specials, I find it's a bit of a gamble. Not for it to be a good episode, but more that I'm usually the person who requests that we put it on in front of the family. Yeah, and. Most times (laughs) of all that have been on, I have had to turn around and apologize to people. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I am put on the spot. I've requested this. (laughs) I requested that people took an hour out of their day to sit down and watch the telly when my family and Liz's family don't watch it. Uh, They don't watch telly. So on the Christmas day, they keep the telly off as best as they can. So I not only do I get them to put the telly on for an hour, but then I have them watch things like the Doctor Widow, in the Wardrobe, now this, the Church of Ruby Road. And I'm just thinking, oh, God, I'm putting my head in my hands. I feel like I've made it. I feel like I'm sitting there at a screening of my own work. I'll just put my head in my hands and go, oh, God, they hate it, don't they? They really
0: hate it. I guess we could talk more about casual viewers. My mum didn't like it. My fiance loved it. She's She really loves Shuri Gatwa. She's obsessed with his voice. I think it's because he's got oh, that God, yeah. not quite r- Rwandan, but not quite Scottish accent. He's got that weird... Like, we normally get someone who's transatlantic. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's kind of got that going on. So she's kind of obsessed with that. My dad didn't like the episode, but he loved Shuri Gatwa and he loved the musical number. Blimey. Yeah, and that really surprised me when he said that. Really? Really? You- yeah, you he, heard he, it. You you turned your hearing aid on, did you? You know <laughs> that is a problem. Actually, he he doesn't wear his hearing aid. Oh, that's probably why then. Genuinely, that is an issue, and I think he prefers it. I think he prefers being able to turn us all off.
1: <laughs> my granddad has one, and uh, I find it it's usually working when when my nan is ask isn't asking him to do something. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, so yeah, you know the the earlier bit where the snowman falls down in the in the street. Yeah, that was requested by Disney, and that was only shot about a month ago. Blimey! So everyone assumed when they saw that being shot that that was for series fifteen. Ah, uh, right. It was seen in the open, but Disney said, "Look, the Doctor doesn't appear for the first eighteen minutes. You've got to show him coming in earlier." And RTD went, "Yeah, good point." And wrote that scene in. And I don't know if you've seen what's been going around online, what snowmanned means on Urban Dictionary. Uh, I'm very glad I haven't, but uh, I feel like you're
1: going to bring me
0: down. I I will tell our good listeners what this means. So the doctor walks up to the policeman and says, I just got snowmanned. (laughs) Right. So essentially the doctor walks out of a gay bar, walks up to a policeman and tells him, I've just had two fingers put in my bum. (laughs) <laughs> oh good lord <laughs> that's,
1: not, that's what being snowmaned means well now you know listeners now you know so whenever you're in that position and you're wondering what it's called it's called <laughs> snowman
0: yeah if your wife surprises you with a snowman tonight good lord <laughs> I did like that interaction with the police officer it kind of reminded me a bit of Bernard Cribbins in the in those movies Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he's the young policeman. There was a moment where I thought maybe he's going to propose to Ruby. Oh, I'm kind of
1: glad they didn't know. I like that there's no boyfriends on the scene as such. I find that so dull. I know it's likely to happen that you're going to come across their other half, you know, but have Rory and Amy killed that for me? I kind of just don't want to see that
0: relationship, (laughs) see partners in it again. I think it depends how it's done. Yeah. No, I love the interaction with the police officer when he's like, she's going to say yes. It kind of reminded me of the TV movie where he's like, oh, yeah, I can question. Yeah, yeah. And I like the way he deduced that as well, because the sonic screwdriver or the sonic remote control, I guess we're calling it these days, pinged in his pocket and told him that it was a diamond and he brought it before the sale. Loved it. Yeah. I think Shooter has got it. I think Millie Gibson's got it. I think her family are interesting enough for us to come back to. yeah. I I'd be interested to read the novelization, and that's coming out this month, just to see what's added to it and how a different writer would interpret Russell T. Davis's script. Cause normally what happens is the novelizations are going off the first draft. Oh, right. So it so, includes basically everything that was cut, wasn't it? Yeah. So you get to you get a bit more of an expanded story and stuff. So it'd be interesting to read this. Mm. So we've got to talk about Mrs. Flood. Yeah, yeah. Do you reckon there's something more to it or possibly just a joke? I reckon she comes across them in the 50s.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think something very... I don't think Rani, which is what everyone thinks. (laughs) Rani, Master. I think it's often quite the simplest things. Don't don't raise your hopes too much.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because at first she thinks it's a police box, but then she sees it disappear and she's like, oh, so that says to me, she doesn't say... Does she say the TARDIS or a TARDIS? I've only watched it I once. I can't remember. But yeah, I don't think she's going to be anyone really significant. Maybe they run into her in the Beatles episode. Yeah, yeah. Maybe around then. I think Ruby is going to leave herself at that church. Oh, we all think that, yeah. Yeah, I think she's going to be from like a future Earth colony that exploded or imploded or was invaded by Daleks and she takes herself as a baby to go there to mm. go to us. Her- her foster mum, and you know to live a good life i really think that's what's happening that's why there's no dna on record is because none of her ancestors are born yet
1: yeah yeah that's true but it does create a good mystery there what do you think yeah. about the fact that the doctor didn't approach her
0: i don't know i kind of like it maybe he's not he's trying not to interfere with like current events it's, it's definitely hysterical. going to be something that's going to bite him on the ass later i think oh absolutely you yeah, had a chance yeah, to everything. find out
1: but I think I saw one theory. Someone raised a good point online, which was because it's they're still sticking with the whole timeless child mm. storyline and sort of justifying it a bit. And the way he said, you know, he says I said I'm adopted, uh, I'm adopted, and um, he doesn't know the answers. And uh, after all, Jodie Whittaker decided not to open the fob watch and find out all the answers. Yeah. Um. So. In a sense, it's kind of like, I think what her adoptive mum says in there, says, in a way, I'm glad you don't know because I can keep you all to myself. Yeah. You know, I raised you, you to me. You are my daughter. Maybe it's a case like that. But uh...
0: oh, Michelle Greenwich as a, as a mum is just fantastic. Oh, brilliant. 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 And she's she's done bit parts over the years. She was in Afterlife by Ricky Gervais. She's the receptionist at the paper.
1: Ah, oh, that's where i've seen her before
0: yeah so she's had a lot of supporting roles uh, throughout the years but yeah tremendous actress i liked the way we saw the happy her and then the sad her if ruby hadn't existed mm. just yeah oh so good so so good in those performances it is the script that lets us down for me
1: yeah if i mean that that bit where she is talking like about a sort of a sadness um having not ever met ruby and so on I just, uh, it was a great scene. I just feel like that could have been so condensed, shorter,
0: and still had that
1: impact. Uh,
0: yeah. I guess it shows someone can come into your life and completely change it.
1: Well, it's, either the it's a wonderful life sort of angle, isn't it? That, I
0: suppose so, and like sliding doors or something. Well, with It's Wonderful Life,
1: the, the, the moral is that you don't realise it, but how a single person can touch so many, different, so many lives in their lifetime. Yeah. Uh, and if you take that away things haven't happened i think it could change everything that's always something that kind of it's a really uplifting message really is basically you are more important than you realize that bit just
0: dragged on for so long pointing out what we'd all guessed <laughs> i just love that in the star beast the road got completely cracked up and then just reversed itself but poor old ruby's bomb has just got a demolished house now <laughs> yeah yeah try getting someone around to fix that on christmas day Oh, God, yeah. (laughs) What do you think of Davina McCall? Uh, She did all right. She was herself. Yeah, considering she's not an actress, I know she's done some acting, but considering she's she's not primarily an actress, I thought she did a pretty good job. Apparently, that show is actually a real show that she hosts. Is it? Yeah, that's what I've heard. Well, I've never heard of it. (laughs) I think it's on ITV, so they had to get permission from ITV to include it. No. But, yeah, apparently this is what they do. Like, they... They find people who are adopted and then try and track down their family. Have you seen some people have
1: been unhappy? Uh, said that they should have just let her die at the end. <laughs> I think because of some point of view she has. I'm not entirely sure what it is, but they were just like uh, <laughs> she's probably said something that people have now twisted. I don't know. The online world is weird, but they were like she. she I think it's sad that they just didn't let her die, and <laughs> it's like well, I don't think on Christmas Day doctor who was the doctor was ever going to just let an innocent person die like that <laughs>
0: it could be avoided oh let's make up what she said because we, we don't know so let's speculate do you think she said Adric was the best character that's ever lived in doctor who it was either that or chris chibnall was a god on paper <laughs> yeah, you know what? Going back to this child thing, him talking about being adopted, I found that so much more powerful than like three years of Jody Whittaker. Oh my god! Yeah,
1: Russell, to his credit, actually uh, has managed has, decide- has managed to flesh this out and insist on a repercussion be- because th- that didn't seem to be any. that It was kind of forgotten about. It was dropped mm. almost because I think he was almost. I think it was kind of like the backlash was bad, but. I suppose he just said, well, I'm not going to change it. It's been said now. And uh, then adds a bit, if you can get a bit of drama out of it, that's great. I do think actually, and I have said before on the podcast, I'm not a huge fan of Russell T Davis. I, don't, I think he's a bit, he's more forced than he looks. But to his credit, when he comes to write, some of the best bits he writes, because he has written some good, uh, some gold. So I'm not saying he's completely crap. <laughs> I just say, anyway, the one thing that I always find he does is he, works with what he has and just like he plays on it like for example look at wilf in uh series four because the that the actor playing um uh, donna's dad died they had to write out the father and put in the grandparent he then uses thinks i'm going to use bernard cribbins and just fills that gap and this character that was just a one-off becomes a full thing And then you've got other characters as well. All these different little nods and things in the past that he just brings up and throws back in. He's like, I know I've got that piece lying there. I'm going to use it. And the same thing applies here. Like, he just saw, well, I can get a drama out of that. And he makes a drama out of it, out of little things like that. Like, basically out of scraps. Mm. And I think that's quite a very... That is when he writes his best, I think. Which is why I actually like the time this child mentions he's written. and. No, I've got to give credit to the to Russell to Davis for that because I think he's really thrown he's really uh, he's done quite well in that respect.
0: Yeah, he writes characters incredibly well.
1: Yes, he does. Yeah,
0: yeah, and i I think he is a good writer. I don't know if he's necessarily a good Doctor Who writer, but he he's definitely a good Doctor Who producer. He knows what works. Yes,
1: yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I'd agree with that.
0: There were moments in this where I was thinking, is he just trolled in the audience that didn't like his original run? (laughs) I don't know if you know about this, but when they were making Clone Wars, if anybody wrote in saying they hated the episodes with Jar Jar Binks, George Lucas would put him in six more episodes. You're joking. Yeah, no, he insisted on it. Whenever they got a bit of hate mail, Jar Jar Binks' screen time got increased. And episodes with just droids. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's genius. That's that's great. So, well, yeah, I wonder yeah. if there's an element of that where he's just like, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. I'm going to throw
1: another trans person in there. Try and complain about that, bitch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes,
0: they're so, here. They're staying. And uh, you've, got, you've got to get on with it. So yeah. I, I do wonder about the audience score of this, because I looked on Rotten Tomatoes, and critically it's at 100%. That's the uh, reviews, isn't it? That's the reviews. Uh, The audience score is currently 38%.
1: See, yeah. Well, let's not forget that there were, and I've seen them, uh, articles about the Doctor, Widow, and the Wardrobe, uh, praising it as the best thing, the best (laughs) Christmas special yet, and such a festive delight. You will be spellbound, blown away, and it just comes to show that they're just—they're <laughs> trying to get people to... <laughs> I just don't, yeah, I just can't be honest. It's like, they're essentially like the Doctor Who after shows. Really, they're just—I <laughs> uh, mean, I hate after shows. I mean, for any of them, Walking Dead, the Game of Thrones one, or even um, even this the podcast that they've got going for the BBC now, they're just pointless because they can never be objective. They yeah. can, they can never go and say, "Well, that was a bit shit." I'm not saying expect them to slag everything off, but there's no, there is no sort of, "Oh, I'm not sure about that," or oh, "I didn't like that." There's, oh, wasn't that amazing." Everyone, and it's just such a ridiculously <laughs> a ridiculous idea to have a show commissioned by the same people who make the show they're reviewing <laughs> to, to try and do a non-biased opinion piece. I think that's just, just sad. Yeah, hundred percent. I can't even believe that. Even if I wrote a review, I'd say three out of five. Yeah, I, you know, just and that—that's a decent one. You know, that's a that that doesn't put people off watching it. That's in, you know, it's not in trying to dissuade people from <laughs> from ruining their Christmas or anything. But it's, you know, it's like an honest. Well, you'd enjoy it. It's not special, but it's you'd you'd enjoy it. I think that's probably the best way of describing it. But hundred percent.
0: Yeah. What people need to bear in mind when it comes to these reviews, especially if the person got early access, what often happens is the event ends up influencing the review. I've been to a number of media screenings because of the website right. and stuff. I get invited to stuff occasionally. And I gave Pan an absolutely glowing review. Like I loved it.
1: Oh, Martin.
0: And then I watched it when it came out on blu-ray or whatever we got it and we we watched it and i was like this is shit but the event for pan was incredible the media event like they took over leicester square they completely boarded it up Mm. and they made it a pirate's land they made neverland in the middle of leicester square and i took my son and my nephew and they got to learn how to like do stunt fighting wow they got to do like flying wire work they got to do sword fights. They got to build masks. They got they got to do all this stuff. So when I came to write the review, I wasn't looking objectively at it. I was looking subjectively at it at the whole day.
1: Ah, uh, That would make sense.
0: And I think that's what happens. When you get invited to these press screenings for Doctor Who and you get to have your picture taken with Shooty Gatwa and Russell T. Davis and all your other reviewer mates are there and you're feeling a little bit special that... You're at the BFI bar and you're getting this drink and that drink. And then if you're very special, you get invited to the after party in the mezzanine bar and you go up there and you're hanging around. I'm wondering if the actual event has informed any of these reviews.
1: That would make a lot of sense because it's it's sort of like getting people a bit tipsy before the comedy show, isn't it? remember some of the recordings... That they used to do for, I mean, Harry Hill. I remember them doing mm. it for that Harry Hill's TV burp. Uh, would I lie to you? You go in, you'd, the audience would wait, and they'd be given beer.
0: <laughs> yeah, I went to um, yeah. Jonathan Ross. You know when he's doing Friday Night with Jonathan Ross? God, that's some oh, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I went to the one where um, Robert Downey Jr. and Gwyneth Paltrow are on this. The one where Jonathan said he wanted to fuck her. Bloody hell! I was at that taping, and yeah. <laughs> led into a bar that's where you wait yeah and you go up you get your drinks you keep drinking you're out <laughs> you're not allowed to get out to go to the toilet at any point so i didn't drink because i thought if i drink alcohol about 10 minutes in i'm gonna need a piss mm. so i didn't drink but yeah there were a load of people that were drunk and then they hoop and holler and clap at the, the right appropriate moments so yeah there is an element of that
1: yeah no that would make sense but um what were the viewing figures for the christmas one
0: I think it was four point three million.
1: That's the overnights,
0: isn't it? that's the overnights. Yeah, and I think it got consolidated of about six.
1: That's that's an average weekday, uh, sorry, a weekday weekly viewing night like, for a season. That
0: yes and no. I mean, it was the third most watched program on Christmas Day.
1: I suppose not. Everyone wanted to watch TV. To be honest, like we wouldn't have had it on on this,
0: t- unless you would, there. <laughs> unless I was there.
1: I was kind of at first when I this is something I found strange. I do not like the trailers the BBC are putting out. I don't like them. I don't, I I think they're really quite poor. They don't advertise very well. But the trailer that she convinced me to put the Christmas special on, because I was happy to wait, I was, you know, I was going to watch it like maybe if I had time, Boxing Day, all the 27th after all the stuff had gone. I was happy I'll get around to it, was my thought after uh, seeing the next, the, the trailer after the giggle. But it wasn't until I saw the Disney trailer that I was like, actually, you sold me. I want to watch it now. And
0: I found, actually, the Disney trailers have been so much better. In my opinion, people need to stop worrying about viewing figures because, okay, the most watched show of the day was The King's Speech, and that got 5 million. If the king of this country can only get a million more viewers than Doctor Who... Yeah, that's that's true. You know, viewing habits have changed... King Charles had got 16 million viewers, and then by the time it got to Doctor Who in the evening, it was only 4 million people. That's concerning.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: But if everything else around that time slot, around that day, is getting around the same figures, it's a healthy viewing figure. We are getting to the day where a show getting 1 million in the overnights will be celebrated.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what America gets, isn't it, sometimes? Yeah. for Their shows.
0: Um... Yeah, especially cable stuff like The Walking Dead. Yeah,
1: yeah, and that's somehow managed to last so long they've got not only one spin-off that's coming to an end, but they've also launched new ones to continue it.
0: <laughs> it's free currently at the moment.
1: Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah, and they just put on the trailer today for the Rick and Michonne one. Oh, haven't they? I've not seen that yeah, yet. Yeah. I've not watched it yet, but uh, it's out. Ooh. Yeah, so what do you make of Murray Gold's music in this? I didn't find any of it intrusive, so I think he did his mm, job. Yeah, I think that's... <laughs> Strangely, the best way—it's <laughs>
1: like a backhanded compliment. It says you were so good, I barely noticed it. Two thousand six was the worst for the for it. His music was so big and loud and so on. From series five onwards for Matt Smith, you got the the Doctor's theme that would yeah. kick off. You know, uh, I think he tried to tone it back for Hans Zimmerish st- stuff for Capaldi. But then again, he got then he got the other side where he did a what's his name? Is it Seigan
0: Seiganakanola?
1: That's it. Thank you. His music was so on the opposite side of the spectrum that it was just so incidental you didn't notice it. <laughs> mm. And this seemed like a healthy blend, I thought, because I'd be honest, I've, I'm not someone who likes to. collect. I used to in really enjoy like a soundtrack, but they used to have to be I, they had to be iconic themes for it. Sure. And I, I kind of like, but then if I bought like the Star Wars Episode Seven <laughs> soundtrack. I might not know where all the bits of the music are in it. i have got a different relationship with music. It's 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 there but I don't I don't necessarily praise it. it's weird. I don't tend to I don't know if I want it catchy or not. I I'm one of those awkward people with music. Do I want it catchy or do I want it somber? I have no idea.
0: <laughs> we should talk about the release date for the new series. It's May. going to be in May. May. What did you make of that?
1: Ah, uh, fine with me. Gives us all a bit of a time, and lets people online argue about other things. Uh, they've got to pick a few fights. It's uh, it's going to happen. They're going to be talking about the Church of R- Ruby Road for, for all that time. Complain that there there aren't enough di- uh, releases from the BBC, uh, such as collection box sets, even though they've announced <laughs> that they've filmed stuff for them. You know, there's always a fight to pick some Or even my favorite is watch a very old episode and go, well, that's
0: not acceptable. And <laughs>
1: then kick up about that for a
0: while. I'll put content warnings on James Bond films from the 60s. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: Cool. Did you see that rather sinister way Jamie looked at Victoria that one time? You're like, what
0: the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? <laughs> so I think that the May release is for the American audience because kids in America break up in May. Oh, really? Yeah, because data in the UK, like basically every six weeks, our kids have at least one week off. Yes, sometimes it's two, sometimes it's it's six weeks. Yeah, their terms are yeah, yeah. But in America, they get spring break and they get the summer holidays. Right. So starting in May, American kids are going to have a hundred and four days off because it goes right up till September when they go back, or maybe middle of August when they go back. So hmm. I think that is for the American audience. That's why it's coming in in May. That's my theory on that. I think
1: it'll be all right. You know, this. How many episodes is it likely to be? It's eight. Eight. So it might not necessarily run too far into the summer. You know, to uh, the point that, like, I think they argued before. It's a nice late. You know, like Saturday. A Saturday night would be. The sun would be out till about nine thirty. Yeah, you, you'll be out no, in like, beer gardens and stuff. So- what am I talking about? It's meant to be for the kids. <laughs> it's meant to be for the kids, isn't it? We always forget this. I'm like, well, that's not no good for me. I might be out in the pub. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I think I'll be all right. It's uh, only a month later than they usually put it on back in back in the uh, 2005 time.
0: Maybe we should talk about this other news that came out this week. If you use IMDb Pro, you can look up stuff that isn't public yet. You can look up a producer's details. So IMDb Pro allows you to see upcoming projects that are about to be filmed. And something that has come up is the war between the land and the sea, which is meant to be a sea devils. (laughs) (laughs) Not even Malcolm Hulk managed to make that story
1: interesting when he wrote the first two. The Silurian one was pretty interesting. The Sea Devils was just the Silurians but in water. (laughs) <laughs> uh, then Chris Chibnall had a go with it uh, the same storyline and that bored people as well so why? <laughs> it's a weird <laughs> choice What, a re- very weird choice did they just make that one special and go do you know what, that was such a terrible episode we need to rescue Malcolm Hulk's legacy and, <laughs> and just bring the sea devils back and not put them in such a terrible story where they've got Chinese pirates and, and no real plot at all Fuck it, let them land
0: rise from the sea and take the land. Oh, dear. It's a weird choice because on paper, unit makes the most sense.
1: You basically did a backdoor pilot with the giggle. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Even I was intrigued. I want to see more of Mel and all the others. But no, let's bring back the episode, which was only, I think, five episodes ago. Yeah. Uh, Five or six episodes ago. Those monsters that only people over the age of 25 knew of. (laughs) And then we're just going to... Oh, dear Lord. Peladon is sitting right there, people. (laughs) I will not let this rest until uh, there is a Peladon series. And the big finish one is not Peladon. That's not what I wanted. What I wanted and what I vision is basically Game of Thrones meets House of Cards meets Brian Hales.
0: There you go. It'll be fantastic. But no, we've got the land and the sea. Maybe they're waiting for unit to appear in it again before they move forward with the spin off to see how the public really react to them. But maybe. Maybe it's not legs for me because classic fans know what it is, new fans know what it is, you've got recognizable, pre established characters that can lead it. Yeah. It just seems really odd to me that you would go, Oh yeah, sea devils. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a free AN <laughs> decision. Yeah. Dear God. Yeah. Anyway, Chris, I think we've rabbited on enough for this episode. So, any final thoughts for the church on Ruby Road?
1: Yeah, rewrite it. Shooty, Millie, you were both fantastic, as was all the other members of the cast. Let's see where this new series takes us. I'm looking forward.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward too. I'm I'm optimistic about the future. Mm. Because I do like Shooty Gatwa and Millie Gibson. I think their chemistry together is just automatic. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's there it's there you can you can see it on screen and you could tell they get along in real life but to all the middle-aged men out there calm down oh mate it's getting fucking ridiculous it's disturbing well so, I, I, I hate to
1: break it to people who are unaware of this but uh, the internet is full of weird men who ogle over women of all ages but men fellas like come on she was what born just as david tennant was cast
0: <laughs> you know? she was born a week after eccleston started filming
1: for god's sake
0: So <laughs> put that into some perspective guys come on just if my first serious He's... relationship had ended in a pregnancy that kid would be millie gibson's age i've got i've kind of feeling that
1: it's just uh god it just i think people gotta realize that there are weirdos out there but the weirdos just need to keep it keep it calm for God's sake. Put it in yeah. some perspective. There is nothing to be all disturbed. Do you know when she was cast, I thought she's rather attractive, but I could see immediately this was going to be an issue for, for quite a few men who were like,
0: well, I'm about double her age. But if that's the case, then stop perving over her. Oh, mate, it feels so weird to be older than the doctor. Oh, my God. Yeah. Old enough to be the companion's dad. I'm older than the doctor. <laughs> That's never happened before. <laughs> That's... This is my first time. Oh,
1: this is mine, and I just, I just can't believe it. I know it's only like a few, like two or three years older, but it's still like God. But no, the companion being eighteen and you're going thirty-three, <laughs> it's, yeah. uh, it's just bizarre. It's just a because I find it strange with TV. When I was growing up watching TV and films, I didn't actually notice the age of people. I didn't realize that John Pertwee was in his fifties. I think right, for some reason, yeah. I just never contemplated it. But at the same time, I also didn't think that some actresses who were in films and TV were as young as they were, which made me confused as I got older and was like, they're still looking good. How are they doing that?
0: Anyway, Chris, let's leave it there for yeah, this. Yeah, let's leave, let's
1: leave it there and let the perverts have their wank. Sick <laughs> bastards. Just, <laughs> just for God's say, Millie Gibson, I, I think people just need to draw a line on this. I mean, Millie Gibson is a very attractive woman and is it you know but we all know that but men for god's sake she's 18 put it back in your pants and fuck off and on that note good night on that note merry christmas <laughs> <laughs>